Good morning, everybody. This is the time in our worship service that we set aside the first Sunday of every month in order to observe the Lord's Supper. We look to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 27. I want to share with you what Paul writes to the church of Corinth. The word of the Lord says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. So in light of what God's Word teaches us today, I invite you right now, to join with me in prayer and let's do just what the Apostle Paul instructs us to do in the Word of God. Let us ask God together to examine our hearts, search our lives, and prepare us today to be worthy to worship the Lord in communion. Let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what communion represents. Thank you for the uh, infinite opportunity to be able to worship you observing Holy Communion as a church body and as a church family. So God, we ask you to prepare our hearts, anoint our hearts, prepare our hearts to worship you together. Let it be done in spirit and in truth rather than merely ritual. But oh God, let it be done out of a pure heart. So search us, know us, wash us, sanctify us, forgive us, that our worship may be received of you in heaven right now. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. First of all, we take the bread. The word of the Lord says in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul again writes to us, beginning with verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us bless the bread together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless this bread that we are about to partake of today. God, bless this bread as it represents your body that was submitted to unspeakable brutality, that was beaten, battered, and bruised, torn, that by your stripes, O oh God, we might be healed. We pray that you bless this bread, O oh God, as we do it in remembrance of you today. In Christ's name, amen and amen. You may partake of the bread at this time.
Then the Bible says, beginning with verse 26, verse 25, In the same manner Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So we take this cup as it symbolizes none other but the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for our sins, which are many. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash our sins away. Let us bless the cup today and thank God for his precious blood that cleanses us from all of our sins. Let us bless the cup together. Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that you will bless this cup as we partake of it today. Let it be done out of, of, of sincere worship from the bottommost of our heart. Let us give glory to you right now for the blood that you shed for us on the cross of Calvary. For, oh God, it is that same blood that washes our sins away. Thank you, oh God, for the blood. In Jesus' name we pray, bless this cup. Amen and amen. And you may partake of the cup at this time. somebody say amen to the glory of God the Father. Thank you so much. Church, let's pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we thank you that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We thank you today that you are our strength and our peace. You are a good Father who loves us. We thank you today because we can come to you and we can cast our every care on you because you said in your word, you care for us. We thank you because you're a God that will not leave us. You have not forsaken us. You have not forgotten us. Lord, and we give you praise today. We present the needs of your people today. God, those that need a touch from you. Father, we ask you to touch them. We ask, oh God, that you would heal sick bodies. You would heal diseases. God, we pray today for those who might be suffering, oh God, in this pandemic, oh God. We ask, oh God, that you would surround them. We ask, oh God, that you would stretch your hands, oh God, and you would touch them at every need, oh God, that they may have. God, I pray that you would make provision in every way. I pray today, oh God, that your strength would be their strength, that your peace would be their peace, that your joy would be their strength today. Father, we praise you today, for you are a good God. You love us unconditionally, and we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory today. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. It's offering time. It is always a joy to worship God with my ICC church family, and it's an honor to worship God in our giving. I'd just like to remind you there are three different ways in which you can give. You can mail your giving to the church address at 123 Byte Drive, Frederick, Maryland, 21702. You can give online at kingship.iccog.org or you can text to give. 
Father, we thank you that you richly supply us with all things to enjoy. Lord, your word says, he who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Father, we thank you for earthly riches that do not detract us from you. May our giving bring you glory, may it bring you honor, may it bring you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to International Community Church of God here in Frederick, Maryland. We're so pleased you decided to join us today. If you are joining us for the first time, we would love to hear from you. You can text the word hello to 301-328-1297, or you can go to our website at iccog.org and click on the I'm New image there and fill out one of our digital connect cards. Again, we are so happy you decided to join us. And if you're here in the Frederick area, please feel free to stop by on a Sunday morning. Uh, we have Sunday school at 9 a.m. And at 10 a.m. we have our general services. God bless you and have a great Sunday. Good morning, everybody. Thank you and welcome here to ICC Online. Thank you so much for joining us for Worship in the Word today. We are so excited about getting in to the Word of God this morning. God has laid on my heart a very special message to share with the church body today and all those who are tuning in to our online broadcast this Sunday morning. Before I do anything else, let me take time out to do this. I'd like to welcome all of our new guests. If you are joining us online for the first time or even second or third time, uh, we invite you, I welcome you to text the word hello. That's H-E-L-L-O. Text the word hello to this phone number, 301-328. 1297. Once again, that's 301 328 1297. Or you can go to our church website located at iccog.org and click on the I'm New image to fill out our digital connect card. That is simply a way that you can just let us know that you had joined us online for worship in the Word. And give us an opportunity not to harass you in any way, but simply just to say thank you for joining us. We would greatly appreciate it if you would give us that opportunity today. Today, I want us to get into the Word of God. The Lord has laid upon my heart, as I was sharing just a moment ago, a very special message entitled, Vertigo, Which Way Is Up? Vertigo which way is up? First of all, let us get started by doing our Bible pledge together, shall we? This book is the infallible Word of God. Christ is its star, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. This book declares that God loves me as I am, but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. 
and amen. Will you join with me wherever you are today as we read the word of God together. Today's text is taken from Psalm 119. I'm going to be reading to you beginning with verse 124. That's Psalm 119 beginning with verse 124. This is in the NIV. The word of the Lord says, Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold. And because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Will you join with your pastor in prayer today and let's ask God to anoint our ears to hear and anoint our hearts to receive what the Spirit of God desires to speak into our hearts and lives this Sunday morning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today thanking you for your word. Surely your word is life, your word is truth. God, we ask you to anoint our ears to hear. And Lord God, we pray that you will anoint our hearts to receive what the spirit of the living God desires to speak into our hearts, into our lives together today that we will forever be changed by the power and the truth of your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask these things together. And the church said, amen and amen. A pilot of a plane grew very desperate due to very thick fog that had enveloped his plane. The fog had quickly grown and become so dense that the pilot had completely lost his sense of direction. Suddenly, because of his disorientation, the plane began to actually plummet toward the ground in a nosedive. The control tower saw what was happening before their eyes and they began to shout into the microphone saying, pull up. Pull up, you've got to pull up now or you're going to crash into the runway. Out of pure terror, the pilot frantically shouts back into the microphone to the control tower, saying to them out of desperation, which way is up? Which way is up? The pilot had become so completely disoriented by the fog Seconds later, there was total silence over the radio and the control tower helplessly watched as, as the disoriented pilot fatally crashed his plane into the ground, tragically ending the pilot's life. The cause of the pilot's death was listed as vertigo. Vertigo is a medical term if you're, if you're not familiar with that term. Although I know people who had experienced vertigo as a medical condition. Vertigo is a medical term, which means, and I quote, 
the dizziness of the head due to repeated revolutions which cause the loss of balance, the loss of direction, and severe disorientation. Again, the title of my message today is simply Vertigo, Which Way is Up? I believe that this is what the world is crying out today more loudly and more desperately than ever before. I believe today, church, that the world is crying out, begging an answer to the question, which way is up? Which way is up? You see, things move so fast in life. Times and seasons are changing so rapidly, so quickly, and circumstances of this life are more fluid today than ever, than I can ever remember. They can easily toss life itself into a tragic and a desperate tailspin. You see, the old landmarks that we used to be able to count on, they have shifted. Circumstances are constantly changing as often as the winds change direction. But we think we are in upheaval today, and yes, we are. We are in desperate times today. But what I want you to understand, church, is that understand that the instability that Jesus Christ was ministering in during his day and the early church was, had ministered in during the first century was much more extreme than even what we are experiencing in our day and in our age right now. Do you know that if the gospel was powerful enough for the people in Jesus' day, I want you to hear this this morning, the gospel is still more than powerful enough to give you and me God's direction in such an unstable world today. Listen, times change, don't they? Seasons change, cultures change, circumstances are always changing, but the God of heaven, friend, does not change. Neither does God's eternal word. God's word never changes. The God of heaven never changes. You know what the Bible says. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It was in the midst of such extreme instability that Jesus offered three miracles of his grace, three miracles that would empower the people of his day to know which way was up in the midst of a world of frantic chaos. But what I want you to understand this morning is this, those same three miracles that Jesus offered the people of his day and time is still just as relevant for you and me today in our day and time. And that's what we're gonna be looking at in this message entitled Vertigo, Which Way Is Up? But to begin, let's talk about the consequences of casting off restraint. You see, Proverbs 29 and 18, the Word of God says this. It says, where there is no revelation, 
the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. We are living in a, a day and age where people are casting off restraint. What I mean by that this morning is this, they are casting off what the Word of God teaches. They are casting off what God, the God of heaven, has revealed to us about himself and about his own divine standards, what the, about his own divine integrity it de, is declared through the written word of God. You see, there are individuals in society today who scoff at family values. But they laugh at us when we preach about the importance of having moral character. And we talk about the, the necessity of having personal integrity. But this is nothing new. The psalmist writes in verse 26 of our text. He says, it is time for you to act, Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. What the psalmist was saying here was that, God, it's time for you to speak up. It's time for you to speak up and remind humanity, remind mankind that there is a God in heaven. And what the word of God says is still relevant today as much as, as it has ever been relevant in the past. Don't believe people today, church, when they say that the word of God is outdated. Don't believe people today when they say that God's word is not for us. His spiritual principles are not relevant any longer in the 21st century. Listen, God's word and the principles that God's word contains is just as relevant today as they were centuries ago. God's truth may not be fashionable today, but truth is never irrelevant. Did you hear me? I said the truth of God's word may not be fashionable today, but the truth of God's word is never, ever irrelevant. God's truth will never become outdated. Somebody said, but that's an old ancient book. How can a book so ancient have anything relevant to say to us in the 21st century. We believe that God's word is truth. As a matter of fact, we believe that God's word is eternal truth. That means it doesn't matter how old it is. It is just as relevant today as it was the day that God inspired the scribe to put a pen to a scroll. And if we are still here a thousand years from now, guess what? God's word will still be just as relevant today as it or then than it was back then, or it still is today. Luke 16 and 17, Jesus said, and it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. In other words, Jesus was saying that every crossing of the T and every dotting of the I of the word of Almighty God will come to pass according to God's promise 
and will come to pass according to God's perfect will and according to God's perfect timing. And there is absolutely nothing that Satan can do nor that man can do that will ever keep that from taking place. You see, politicians today want to talk about the economy, but they don't want to take a stand against immoral things such as homosexuality or against abortion or against sin, which is the devourer of any nation's economy. Understand today, all sin without exception is self-destructive. All sin takes what God meant and desires to be beautiful, healthy, and wholesome, and sin ruins it. God, sin takes what God wants to be good and spoils it. Righteousness heals, church. Grace brings forgiveness. God's love offers reconciliation. But sin, on the other hand, brings death. Sin, on the other hand, brings destruction. Sin brings hopelessness. This is the Lord God's economy. I want you to hear this. And God's economy today is only going to work by God's divine precepts. Psalm 119 and 128 the psalmist writes to us and he says, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. You see, if we have a heart for God, understand that means that we also have a heart for the Word of God. If we truly have a heart for God today, that means we will also have a heart for what God has a heart for. You know, when I pray, I regularly pray and ask God, God, give me a heart that hates what you hate and give me a heart, Lord, that loves what you love. It is God's biblical standards that allow us to firmly stand in what would otherwise be a life of complete chaos. I want you to tell somebody at home today, tell them, only God can bless this mess. Oh, say that again. Only God can bless this mess. The greater our commitment to God's biblical values today, the greater stability you and I will experience in this crazy, mixed up, messed up, upside down world that we live in today. Friend, we live in a world that is crying out to us, which way is up? We live in a generation that doesn't know which way to go. We live in a world that believes that truth is relevant. That's not what the Word of God teaches us. The Word of God teaches us that, that truth is defined in God's written and holy Word. We live in a world that is crying out, which way is up? Parents, listen to me. Our children are asking what is right and what is wrong. What is truth and what is error? 
Which voice should I listen to? Who should I follow? Church, we cannot afford to be wishy-washy in our biblical convictions. We need to know what we believe, and we need to know why we believe it today. God's word comes crashing through, declaring to this lost and dying world, there is a way up. There is an answer to the chaos that sin brings. There is an answer to the confusion. And we can be raised up above the confusion. We can be lifted up above the chaos today and receive God's counsel in the midst of the confusion that this world is suffering from and that this world is drowning in today. I read a church sign here several years ago that said very simply, it said, if God is your co-pilot, change seats. Some of us need to put our plane today on autopilot. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I mean that some of us, we need to stop trying to drive our own life the way we think our life should be driven. We need to let God, the God of heaven, the same God that made us, the same God that formed us in his very image, we need to let the God that made us lead us in the way that he desires for us to go. To live our lives the way that God desires for us to live our lives. In other words, stop trying to figure it out on your own. Stop trying to control what God never meant for you to be in control of in the first place. Listen, being in control of your life is a terrible deception. It is an illusion. As a matter of fact, the truth is there is never a second of your life, in any day of your life, that you are actually in control of anything. But I'll tell you who is in control today, and that is the God of heaven, God Jehovah, Almighty God, who was and who is and who is to come and forevermore shall be. Let me introduce you to Jesus Christ, God's Son. He's in control. So instead of pretending that you are in control, why don't you turn it all over to Jesus today? Let Christ take charge of your life. Make Jesus the Lord over your, over your life and submit your life today to the principles of God's written and holy word and let God take charge of your life today. We are not a God to ourselves. I don't care what the world is saying. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pits of hell today. We are not a God to ourselves. Let me tell you something. Every one of us is gonna serve somebody. We need to let God be God of our lives again. You see, I came across this saying a few days ago and I wanted to share it with you this morning. God, get, God cannot do a new thing until we are ready to let go of the old thing. Let me say that again. God cannot do the new thing that he wants to do in our lives until we are ready to let go of the old thing. 
that, it, but that has been in our lives. But God's word comes crashing through. It says there is a way up. There is an answer to the chaos of this world. By the power of God's amazing grace, we can be raised above the fog of uncertainty. My Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. The God of heaven is here to bring order to our chaotic lives. The God of heaven desires more than anything else to bring order to this chaotic world. You see, God's word comes crashing through, ready to show us the way up, ready to show us the answer to the confusion. It was in the midst of such chaos and uncertainty that Jesus Christ declared in Luke chapter 21 and verse 28, saying, when these things begin to happen, what he was referring to was the signs of the times. Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, chaotic things, terrible things, earthquakes, famine, wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said, when these things happen, Jesus said, do what? He said, look up. Look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. It is in the midst of the chaos that Jesus Christ tells us to look up for your your redemption draws nigh. In other words, stop looking at your negative circumstances. Stop focusing on all the reasons why you should throw in the towel today. Stop focusing on all the reasons why you should just give up, give up on God and give up on yourself. No, Jesus is saying for us to set our eyes on the one who controls it all. I I encourage you today, I challenge you today to set your eyes on Jesus who is the one who holds the answers to everything. Listen, Jesus Christ isn't coming back to this earth to take sides. Jesus Christ isn't a Republican. Jesus Christ is not a Democrat today. As a matter of fact, he's not even an Independent. Jesus Christ isn't coming back to this earth to take sides today. Christ is coming back to this earth, friend, to take over. Can somebody say amen at home? Jesus is coming back to this earth to take over. God is coming back to this earth to take over the chaos, to take over the madness, to kick out the devil, to kick out the prince and the ruler of the air. And God is going to establish his own kingdom. And he's going to establish his own throne on this earth today. And heaven will be his throne. And the earth will be his footstool. Listen, church, Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth not to take sides today, but he's going to come back to this earth to take over. And when Jesus Christ talks about the way up, Jesus uses four words to describe what he is talking about. Jesus says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. 
You see, every time Jesus spoke those words, it was during, ironically enough, it was during a time of some form of earthly crisis. The first time Jesus spoke these words, he declared, first of all, the miracle of forgiveness. Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says to us, So Jesus got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, notice what he said, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. First of all, the way up means that you are going to experience through the person of Jesus Christ a miracle of God's grace, meaning a miracle of forgiveness. Our world today has a great need for forgiveness. There has been enough offense to go around many times over. Guilt belongs to all of us, friend. Forgiveness and grace is the only thing that's going to calm the madness of our society. I like what Winston Churchill said about war. Winston Churchill said, war will never decide who's right, only who's left. Dr. Paul Walker, former general overseer of the Church of God, wrote this, and I quote, a lot of our problems come from the twisted life that is inside of all of us. Psychologists tell us today that over 60% of all disease is psychosomatically induced. There is some twist in the emotions which is the root of such illness. You see, so often our outward turmoil is a byproduct of the inner turmoil that is churning in our hearts and that is wreaking havoc on our relationships and pointing us all to our need of God's forgiveness. I say this regularly from this pulpit, but let me say it again today because it is of utmost importance. We all need a Savior. There are no exceptions to that rule. I don't care how think you how I don't care how good you may think you are today. I don't care how holy you may feel that you may be. You may feel like that you're a good person. You may feel like that you're an okay guy, but let me tell, let me tell you something. You're a sinner and you need the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. The whole world needs the saving grace of Jesus Christ today. But listen, you can't have peace in your relationships without making peace with the God of heaven first. We do that by accepting Jesus Christ, God's Son, as our personal Lord and Savior. You see, this paralytic, this paralytic had an outward need. This paralytic was very obviously in need of a physical miracle. But you see, Jesus Christ was able to look beyond the physical need to a deeper need, 
to a greater need. Yes, this paralytic needed a miracle of physical healing, but Jesus, the Son of God, he understood that he also needed a miracle of forgiveness. So Jesus looked at this paralytic and he said, take up your mat for your sins are forgiven. I said you can't have peace in your relationships, friend, without making peace with God first. Jesus Christ not only has the power to minister to our physical infirmities today, and make no mistake about it, we serve a God who heals. We serve a God who delivers. We serve a God who has the power to set the captive free. But Jesus Christ holds the power to go deeper than our deepest needs And that is Jesus Christ not only sees what our deepest need is, Jesus Christ holds the answer to what that deepest need needs. And that is simply a miracle of forgiveness. We all need to be forgiven. We all need to be saved. We all need the grace that only comes through the sacrifice and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on an old rugged cross. Jesus spoke to the paralytic. He said, you have been lying on that bed of doubt and you have been lying on that bed of defeat for far too long. He said, take up your mat and walk because your sins have been forgiven. You see, Jesus Christ saw beyond his physical need. Jesus Christ dealt with his spiritual need first. God is primarily concerned about the state of our soul, friend, before he is concerned about uh, the state of our physical well-being. Jesus saw beyond this paralytic's physical need and he dealt with his spiritual need first. God is primarily, primarily concerned today about the state of your soul than he is about the appetite of our stomach. But Jesus is more concerned about our spiritual dysfunction. Jesus is more concerned about our spiritual need today because it is out of our spiritual need that our relationships become fragmented, that our marriages and our families become dysfunctional. It is because we are marred by sin And it takes the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary to give us the remedy of our sin problem today. Jesus said, or not Jesus, but the word of God says in 1 John 1 and 2, the word of God says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It doesn't matter what your background is today. It doesn't matter how many times you've blown it in your life. It doesn't matter how many relationships have fallen by the wayside. You will find the way up today through the miracle of God's forgiveness and the person and the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is interested in your past Jesus only cares about your future. Jesus isn't interested in what you have done. Jesus is interested in your present. 
and he's ready today to completely change, transform your future by the power of his grace and to the glory of Almighty God. So Jesus says, be of good cheer. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. While you are still a sinner, lost in sin's darkness, understand Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Secondly, finding the way up means finding a miracle of faithfulness. A miracle of faithfulness. Matthew chapter 14, 25 and following says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. You see here in Matthew chapter 14, Jesus' disciples had found themselves in the middle of a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee. But Jesus comes to them walking on the water, walking on the surface of the sea, the disciples became gripped with fear and they cried out, it's a ghost. But notice Jesus' reply to them in verse 27. Notice what Jesus said. When the disciples says, it's a ghost, Jesus responded to them in verse 27. And Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. You see, it is possible for us, church, to have peace with God, but not enjoy the peace of God in our lives. Let me say that again for emphasis. It is possible for us to have peace with God, but not enjoy the peace of God in our lives. You might be a blood-bought child of God, but I want to tell you something. You can be a blood-bought child of God, but still be a slave to the spirit of fear. Understand God has a better way for us than that. God wants to show us the way up today. God wants to show us a better life to live, that God desires for his people to live, that God desires for his church to experience a way that is not oppressed with fear, a way that is not burdened down with heartache and despair. Let me tell you, Jesus not only died to save us, Jesus died to change us, and Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to show us a better way today. Our attitude will be influenced by one of two things. Our attitude is either going to be influenced today by faith or our attitude is going to be influenced by fear. Faith leads to boldness. Faith leads to courage. Fear, on the other hand, leads to weakness. Fear leads to instability. You see, God never meant for his church to live in fear. Let me say that again. God never meant for his people to live in fear. 
Don't bow a knee to fear today. Fear wants to enslave you. Fear wants to steal away from you the joy of Almighty God. Why? Because Satan knows that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Satan knows that if he can steal away our joy, he can take away our power to live victoriously in Christ Jesus. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. What Peter was really saying to Jesus that day, he was saying, show me that you're really the Christ. Show me that you're truly the Messiah. What Peter was really saying to Jesus that day, show me, Jesus, that you are truly God. You know the story of how Peter got out of the boat. He began to walk on the water, but then Peter began to doubt the Lord. Peter began to get his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to focus his eyes on the raging seas around him. Do you know you and I do the same thing in our own lives today? Do you know that we have a tendency, even as children of God, to get our eyes off of Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we get our eyes on the turbulent seas of this life? We begin to listen a little too much to the evening news that has nothing to tell us but bad news. Friend, we need to stop listening so much to the bad news that we hear about on TV and open up our Bible and read more of God's good news through the gospels of Christ that God has for us to live by today. Friend, let me tell you a secret. Whatever we feed on is what we're going to live on. Let me say that again. Whatever you and I are feeding on is what we're going to live on. What are you feeding on today? Are you feeding on the bad news that this lost and dying world has to tell us? Or are you opening up the word of God and are you reading the promises of God? I'm here to tell you today, church, the promises of God are eternal. The promises of God are everlasting to everlasting. The promises of God will never fade away because God's promises are eternal just as God himself is eternal. Let me tell you another secret today. It's not about how big your faith is. It's about how big your God is. Can somebody at home say amen? I said it's not about how big your faith is today. No, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please the Lord. That's what the Bible says. But I want to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said even faith the size of a mustard seed. If you just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And Jesus said, it will happen. Why? Because it's not about how big your faith is. It's about how big your God is. If it isn't bigger than you are, friend, it is probably not God. If God is calling you to do something, I dare say that it's going to be bigger than you are. Anything that God calls you and me to do today, he's going to call us to do something that is going to take a God-sized power in order to bring to pass. 
I like what Tony Evans said. He said, just because you cannot see the way doesn't mean that God doesn't have the way. Walk in faith. God will never call you to do anything that you can do on your own. God will never call you to do something that you can do by your own strength and by your own power. You see, my point today is that Jesus was faithful to Peter whether Peter was in the boat or whether Peter was outside of the boat. Jesus was faithful to Peter whether he was walking on the sea or whether he was sinking beneath the waves of the sea. Jesus was faithful to Peter whether he was up or whether he was down. Whether Peter was in or out, living victoriously or down and defeated. I don't know where you're at spiritually today. You might be, you might feel like today that you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you may feel like a failure today before the Lord, but I want you to listen to this preacher. Listen to me. God's faithfulness shall prevail. God's faithfulness shall prevail. You may have given up on yourself today, but listen, don't you dare give up on God. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. Did you hear that? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. It is not the size of your faith that matters today. It is the size of your God that really counts. Finally, I want to talk about the miracle of power. John 16 and 33, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And then notice what he says next in verse 33 of John chapter 16. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. Did you hear that? He said, in the world you're going to experience trouble. In the world, you're going to experience tragedy. In the world, in this life, in other words, you're going to experience crises. You're going to experience tribulation. But then notice what he said. He said, nevertheless, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Did you hear me today? Better yet, did you hear the words of Christ? Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation in this life. You're going to experience pandemics. You're going to experience famine. You're going to suffer some disease, but nevertheless, be of good cheer. Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. That means that we have a reason to shout. We have a reason to rejoice whether you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death or whether you're dancing on the mountaintop. Our God is the same God. No matter what phase or season of life you might be treading through today, Jesus said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. 
Be of good cheer today. Your sins are forgiven. Be of good cheer today. Jesus is faithful even when we are not so faithful to him. Jesus said, be of good cheer because Christ has overcome the world. Are you suffering from spiritual vertigo this morning? Have you lost your way in this chaotic life that we are living in, in this season of mass confusion? Are you like that pilot who was desperately calling out, asking frantically, desperately saying, which way is up? Somebody please tell me which way is up. I want you to understand God is here to show you the way up today. God is here today to show you and give you the answer to the chaos that we experience in this age, in this society that we are living in today. Jesus is here to show you the way up. Just trust in him today. Just count on him today. In closing, let me read Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. Jesus said, and then we're gonna pray. Jesus said, come to me, all you, hate, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Dear Jesus, God, I pray for every person who is listening to this broadcast. I pray, oh God, that the words that you have spoken through me will find a home in their heart. I pray, almighty God, that your word will, will rest on fertile soil and your word will take root in their hearts today and you will reveal yourself to them right where they are and they may feel lost, they may feel desperate, but Lord God, let them call upon your name, the name of Jesus. Let them profess your name. Let them call upon the grace that only comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that they will find grace. I pray that they will find forgiveness. I pray that they will find your faithfulness to forgive. And I pray that they will find life and life everlasting through your grace, through your love, and through your mercy. God, I submit every person into your hands today, and I pray right now that you will show them to a if you don't know the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me today before we close. Say, dear Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Become Lord of my life. I confess that you died on a cross for my sins. I confess that you suffered that I might find forgiveness through your sacrifice. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And as you rose from the grave, you declared victory over my sin. And now I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. 
I submit my life to you. Be Lord over me and show me the way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for joining us through our broadcast. God bless you. We love you so very, very much. Looking forward to see you again real soon. This is Pastor Todd signing off. Thank you so much. Thank you.